0: This is John Stepling, and this is Aesthetic Resistance, and this is podcast 27. This time, I'm pretty sure of the number, 27. Um, and with me in New York is Hiroyuki Hamada, and with me in Toronto oh. is Corey Morningstar. So, hi, guys. Hi, John. Hi. Hey Corey.
1: Hi. Good morning.
2: <laughs>
0: um it's, i'm not in uh,
1: toronto john i'm outside of toronto like okay I,
0: well I, i'm close yeah i'm 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 in indore norway which is um you probably have a hard time finding it on a map of norway yeah um but but we're in a kind of wetlands reserve here um it's very mm. nice Sounds good. Uh, so there's very few houses very few people uh which suits me just fine these days And i out hey, there um uh, we were all talking earlier, and, and I was on a thread earlier um, on, on Twitter with Corey and with Molly Klein, who um, wasn't able to do this this particular podcast, but I hope she'll be back, um, about, uh, about propaganda and about about the way in which um, the sort of the great reset and, and the COVID lockdowns in particular, uh, and that have just decimated societies. I mean, I read the other day, 62% of American small businesses are going under. Um, that's, that's the definition of, a, of a, just a gutted society. I mean, that's an extraordinary number. But I see on social media all the time, and I never know entirely, because I also read mainstream media and all the usual things, I'm never entirely sure, uh, you know, how how accurate my what I stumble across really is, or or if I have if I'm creating this distorted picture or something. But my sense is that that what I see, the way in which um, these people will come on with opinions about, say, the Great Reset or the Green New Deal or, or climate change, whatever it is. But especially the Great Reset, and they will talk about, oh, it's a, it's communism. We don't want communism, or uh, uh, and and they have no idea what communism is. They really don't have any idea what 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 fascism is, because that, that word gets turned around. They, they don't even have for themselves a working definition of these terms. But I was thinking how, how one of the most popular um, sort of structural devices in this propaganda, one of the most popular is, is to conflate socialism and communism uh but and to to somehow make everything all the same oh well it's totalitarian you see it's communist it's socialist it's fascist it's capitalist and these are all the same anyway because there's a secret cabal of jewish bankers or something that control you know the world and it struck me that that this kind of very reductive and simplistic thinking is another expression of exchange value it's it's that law of equivalence in which one thing is the same as another thing; they are balanced out somehow. And of course, part of this is because nobody has any class analysis. That's been erased from everything. People will talk about Marxism as if they know something about it, but never mention class. It's very interesting. Um, but but I think it's it there. It feels that kind of equivalency, this false equivalency, but this kind of constructed equivalency feels familiar to people and it's a it's a source of comfort in a sense to people um so that explanation uh feels like something they know about and and understand and as i say it's familiar and so they embrace it where if you actually had to explain what capitalism does and and what surplus value is, or whatever, um, uh, and and the nature of markets, and and on and on and on, and and the way money works, it it's much less familiar. It's very it's hugely unfamiliar, in fact. And and so it is. I because I I my experience is I will see people or hear people tune out. They just will shut down. They don't want to talk any further because. Um, it is suddenly into a realm that feels acutely uncomfortable. And just, I'll throw this over to you too, but the other thing that, that sort of intersects here sideways as it were, is this idea of fact checkers. Because somebody sent me a, a, a Snopes thing the other day about the sterilization, about vaccines that cause sterilization in Kenya. And um, Snopes said, oh no, that's false. And I, I thought, well, um, of course, they said that. But why? This is a really smart guy I know that sent me this. Very, very sharp guy, and um, he's a, he's a psychotherapist and and you know very literate and yet you know there he is resorting to Snopes, and that's that that strange need for a reductive, simplistic um, declaration from a source that identifies as authority and feels somehow scientific right because that equivalency always in some sense carries like the residue or baggage of of scientific legitimacy anyway all right let me just throw that out to you guys um if you have any thoughts
1: Oh go ahead (laughs) harry yuki
0: um
2: the fire I don't know I, I feel like you know I, I keep uh, saying the thing uh, same thing over and over I it it's just comes down to the fact that we have authoritarian uh, structure and uh, the, the, the very nature of the authoritarian structure is that the the rules are unconditional you know it's this no uh, flexibility you um, uh, to the rules. And the rules are um, uh, putting up those uh, frameworks that uh, define what's uh, acceptable and what's not acceptable. So when the conversation uh reach those places people sense that and uh, you, you know people either get upset because they they are internalizing the system uh, uh, within their identity they, they get personal you know they get upset they are angry and also yeah. they get they are at the tough spot because then there's no answer to it because it's unconditional you know that you you just can't say no when, when if you say no you're gonna be excluded you're gonna be um uh you know you're gonna be the witch so um yeah well, well it's also well, that
0: that you know the same thing that comes out of that when, when people will say oh well but what what are you gonna do about it you know right what are you do about it um all this analysis but what are you gonna do about it like as if it's my job to have a solution to you know the world historical record or something. Well, I don't I... know, you know, <laughs> nothing, because I don't have very much power, um, but, I, but I do what I can, you know, and, and um, I've, seen, I've seen people say that to you, Corey, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know anybody who has turned out a larger volume of really significant essential stuff than you have over the last few years. Uh, you know just just the sheer volume of of it um and yet and yet people you know people will dismiss it because somehow there's not it's almost like because there's nothing to sell you know
1: that's Um, how i felt about the um about the mass i felt like the social distancing wasn't adequate because there was nothing to sell so when the mass came it could be consumed
0: yeah yeah right And then,
1: and then there was this huge uptake because it was like the pink bracelet on the hand, right. The pink ribbon or whatever that is to show you um, a good citizen, right. Or the, or the red poppy, um, and, and that mask could be consumed. And then it went, um, very, very quickly to hold of the whole populace. Um, so yeah, the whole thing about, um, the capitalism being conflated with, or World Economic Forum being conflated with socialism and communism, it's just um, sort of breathtaking. And I see this as very problem problematic because they love this, right? They love this, um, people. Right, um, okay. thinking this way. And, and I think it's important that we get the framing right, because framing and language are so important. And that's, you know, how they actually win almost everything, because they seize that framing and language, they know how to frame it. Um, for the public they know how to tell the story right so so much of this is marketing even the great reset so much of this is marketing stakeholder cap- capitalism storytelling marketing right believe us right we've got your back it's that and so I've been thinking I mean even I I've been thinking a lot I was listening to Molly Klein yesterday to all her um, her um, podcasts or whatever they are on YouTube and really trying to knock out, you know, what this is going forward, because I think we need to define it before they do. Um, I think it's important. I think it's worthwhile. And so that's what I've been thinking about, even in my sleep, trying to figure out how, how to, um, you know, really concisely and easily. So it's easily understood. So people can um, get it, you know, what this is going forward, because, Yesterday, even I went back because I remembered that um, the Hewlett Packard Foundation, I had read this paper on neoliberalism where they, I mean, this is one thing about them, you're able to find a lot of information because their egos are so big, they can't help but brag about their accomplishments. And so um, Hewlett Packard, the president wrote a paper on and how the foundations were responsible for the creation and nurturing and fostering of neoliberalism, right? Not not even the governments, the foundations. No. Oh, they they drove it, and so now the very same same um, players, same foundations are saying, okay, we're done with neoliberalism. Now they've just invested fifty million dollars, and then they've they don't name who who they are exactly, but they say they're working with academics and thinkers, right? The special people. <laughs> Um, around the world to define what what we'll have going forward. And then they say, Well, you know, we, we, we know that we're the ones that created that awful system before, but now you can trust us going forward. Now we're going to create something really great. And I was just thinking it's like the stakeholder capitalism um, thing, where, you know, I was thinking how if you go, if you're a battered, a battered woman, a battered spouse, um, an abused, an abused woman, abused spouse, you go to your psychologist or your, you know, counselor or group, and you, you tell them, you know, you're abused, you're, you know, can you're con- emotionally, um, physically abused by this person. Um, they, they don't go one day, you know, and you tell them all the, all the, all the manipulation, right? All the mind manipulation, um, you know, can call it Stockholm syndrome, but you don't go in one day with a, a new letter, right? That they wrote like this stakeholder capitalism. And, and they won't say to you, well, let me read the letter and then say, you know what? This letter is amazing. Go back. They really mean it this time. They don't say that. They say this letter is bullshit, Look at how you've been treated in the past, get the fuck out of there before they kill you. Right? And so this whole idea that now, the, again, these very same people that, um, you know, don't even, don't have any qualms about killing hundreds of thousands of, of women, men, children to, to, you know, seize the resources in countries um, that they destabilize, occupy. Like we're supposed to believe these people are care about the environment going forward? Care about us going forward? Now we're being made into oh stakeholders of the system, you know. Um,
0: well, <laughs> excuse me. I mean, I think that as soon as, um, as soon as anything is for sale, there's an element of of, of corruption that that can't be avoided. You know, I remember. Um, Back in the sort of late 60s, well early seventies, I was living in California, but between California and New York, and there was a wave of self help stuff. Right, it was the time of est and and um, all these various gurus um, cropped up, and there were there were a lot of them, and but they all charged money. Right, they all talked about about this was where i'm sharing this truth with you but they were exactly not sharing anything with anybody they Mm. were charging people and and i used to ask that question but if this is you know if you guru believe this will make the world better make people happier why are you not sharing it for free and of course there was never any answer and what's amazing of course is is that nobody found that strange at all so um yeah I, I, again this comes back to to the fact that there's no class analysis in in any of this stuff americans in particular by and large don't believe class exists and um they they're perhaps there are chunks of the population that increasingly are are it's dawning on a lot of them that you know there is there are haves and have nots but Uh, the nature of that relationship remains very mysterious. And and that's what has to be that's what has to be um, articulated. And and that, yeah, you're right, we have to find we. Um, Me and the mouse in my pocket. Um, We have to find a language that that, uh, defines very specifically because the propaganda is just pouring in all the time and it's extraordinarily confusing. And it's, it's um, uh, there's not just a lot of it. There's a lot of it, some of which makes a little bit of sense, some of it, which makes no sense. And there's always a kind of scapegoating mechanism involved too. But years ago, Adorno said this thing about, about kitsch biographies, that Americans loved these kind of kitsch Bios of people, that that's what's substituted for really um, a deeper analysis or researching of of what somebody has done and said and produced, um, and and that's that's what you get now. You people will click like or not like, uh, and and they want to know if whoever the person is, um, if they like them personally or not, and uh people people rely on on the, this sort of strange kitsch emotion their own kitsch emotions to to decide these things oh kamala harris i really i loved her expressions when she was debating with mike pence you know i think she's going to be okay and th- it's that level of of um of i don't know manipulation emotional manipulation which is very very base, I mean, it's very rudimentary and yet, you know, it's, it's a lot of how people end up choosing their opinions. Opinions are like shopping. I've said that before, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's um, the, the lack of understanding about how capital, the, the very idea that capitalism is exploitive, at its at its core this is something that most people don't accept i mean a large number of americans at least or westerners um the the default setting is that the government doesn't lie to us intentionally except for a few bad apples and uh and that that basically people want good things to happen and and basically capitalism is the only thing that um has ever made any sense and you know we certainly don't want communism and on and on and um so yeah i don't know it's disturbing to me and um i know last time you i commented about my personal angst and you said yes because we're being reprogrammed and i thought well and that's very true but this touches on something else and i'll just throw this out too um because a lot of people who do great research and are really, really good, um, Allison McDowell is one of them. I mean, she's an amazing researcher, um, and I sometimes am frustrated because I feel her conclusions are 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 are, are confused, as it were, confused conclusions, um, and and it's a it's a little bit of a problem. And it's like, but it's really complex material. And so, you know, as I say, I'm a I'm a fan of hers, and I quote her a number. Um, I've quoted her a number of times, um, but it's 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 very difficult. It's difficult because this is a a huge topic that requires, um, you know, extensive analysis, and and uh, and I don't know what one does with with that fact, with the fact that. It's almost too much for anybody to really know um and and it's a full-time job you know it's a full-time job as you know court so
1: well i think adding on to that um you mentioned a couple times there about uh, facts and i think you even used the word emotion and the i mean all the pr firms the public relations agencies marketing that all these Corporations, um, you know, they funnel uh, millions, uh, billions of dollars um, through the foundations, and then that all goes to the NGOs. I mean, all of this is driven by marketing, um, advertising, polls right? It's um, all of this is an extension of this is an apparatus of capitalism. And they know full well, and I don't know if we discussed this before, but they everything is based on the on the fact the scientific fact, they know that people are driven, the decisions they make the things they believe are based on emotion, not on facts right? And so everything is how to make people, how, how to seize that, how to manipulate that emotion, right? So it's not based on logic or facts, anything. Mm. It's how, how to, um, how to, again, like how to exploit and manipulate, Um, emotion in the populace to get what you want. I mean, that's what they say, to harness that energy, to get what you want, right? That's Jeremy Hyman's words. And that's, you know, the Bible basically now going forward, Richard Branson, um, World Economic Forum, right? Harness, this is what Black Lives Matter is, harnessing that energy to quote unquote, get what you want, right? Right. So now they back those movements, they get in there, they create those, otherwise you'd never hear about them, the media would ignore them, and then they harness that energy to get what they want. And, you know, you've got now the whole um, purpose, working with UN, Nike, all the biggest corporations in the world, that's a major thing. The the Black Lives Matter is like the new um, corporate anthem, corporate, uh, you know, for, for, Going forward, they're the new stakeholders, right? And what I've noticed in my research over the last month is right at the forefront of everything now for um where whether it's on um, any kind of paper, document, any kind of website, right at the forefront is a black face, right? It's like, look at us. We we finally get it, we're on board, right? We're we're not racist. So now that's, that's their place. Um, now they're, they're a stakeholder. There's your face. And now we're going to use you to further exploit you to, to further. Right.
0: I saw an ad for, for the, the, from Pfizer about the vaccine, you know, the coming vaccine and it was just absolute, you know, Madison Avenue manipulation. Um, and, and the first, uh, the first subject getting a shot was a black woman, you know, um, but one of the nurses was black. And so it was okay and there was an Asian doctor, and I guess that was all meant to be reassuring as well somehow. Uh, but it was but it was, you know, there was a montage and there were, you know, very emotional cuts to, to close ups and, and smiling faces and uh, there was scored with very friendly life-affirming music uh and and you know it was a it was a it was a well researched marketing campaign put into motion and and that's what it was but see this is that this is what has, stands in in place of debate there is no debate this i keep coming back to this because i find it so breathtaking that there has literally, in terms of the, the COVID and the vaccine and the lockdowns, um, absolutely, absolutely no debate whatsoever. And I saw the other day that Ivanka Trump said, oh, the lockdowns are not based on science. <laughs> I thought, well, you just set back. Um, you know, uh, skepticism about this stuff uh, by a couple of years with that one remark, because it's it's cheer the hero and hiss the villain and the Trump family are villains. And so anything they say, people are going to reflexively um, take the opposite position. And um, we're familiar, we're all familiar with, you know, the, the sort of pejorative uh labels conspiracy theorist or truth third this is the one that gets me too speaking of molly she pointed out it's like this pathologizing of truth what's wrong with being somebody who's after the truth but um i guess you shouldn't be because you can just go to snopes and get the truth uh it's everything's a menu everything is a drop down menu from which you select you know the most frequently asked question and uh it's it's people are increasingly uh, uh reluctant to express a dissenting opinion about pretty much anything i think um or certainly large numbers of of people are on the other hand of course there are massive protests around the world against against the lockdowns even in the u.s there have been marches and is zero coverage in the media absolutely um absolutely no coverage at all zero and you if if what you do is watch mainstream media you would have no idea um of the hundreds of thousands of people that are refusing uh, the 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 pseudoscience of of lockdown mask wearing and all of this stuff yeah you're and even
1: that it. even that's framed as like um you know nazis or trumpites or whatever the you know whatever is all all framed as oh if you go out if you're against the lockdowns or um have you know question anything about the mainstream narrative then you're shamed isolated right you're 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 right wing right um so yeah and now we're we're nurturing and um and um moving into like a snitching shaming culture right like more more than ever
0: yeah yeah well i i think that 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 it's a culture a snitch culture already and it's intensified greatly but i remember that idea of of being an informer a snitch a <clears throat> tattletale whatever I remember that being oh maybe twenty five years ago reintroduced uh, and normalized where before that had been a bad thing. I remember distinctly seeing signs that that was changing that you know um, if you see something say something <laughs> um, and oh right I forget yeah yeah. And yeah, and, 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 uh,
1: after, yeah, after nine eleven,
0: right. And, um, and people like that, but see, this comes back to my original point. People are very familiar with certain structural, um, uh, as Hiroyuki said, frames, you know, there's certain familiar frames that are, that are structural in nature and it doesn't matter what the content is. Um, and, and, I remember I'm digressing all over the place. Um, I worked for a while on a comedy show as a staff writer. This is a jillion years ago. It didn't last long because I wasn't funny. But anyway, um, and the lead guy who was really funny said, you know, it's just all rhythm. Two is tragedy and three is funny. And um, you could tell certain jokes in a sitcom in Greek or in Chinese and people will laugh because they're anticipating the rhythm of the joke comes in threes guys walks into a bar second guy walks into a bar if the joke ends there it's tragic but the third guy walks into the bar that's the punchline people know that they anticipate that and they laugh um well the same thing exists in um in the way these arguments are laid out and and the scapegoating that is very familiar to people and the the being an informer is now part of virtue signaling uh that you know you have to wear your mask i see it in hollywood i see it in the, the, this year's opening episodes of a lot of tv shows uh there's a lot of people um, characters walking up to other characters telling them you must wear your mask and i see children in all of these shows wearing their masks why the fuck are children wearing masks you know um well because they're being trained from an early age i guess but anyway and and it goes back i mean i've written about this but it goes back to if if you read all the frankfurt school um adorno and Horkheimer and all the people and that that emigrated out of Germany and some that that didn't um all their writing on anti-Semitism is hugely relevant today because they they analyze the structure of the way in which the ruling class uses weaponizes that that scapegoating impulse and and um the us and them the other and and, you know, it's uh, it's now, you know, with with a virus, which is the most um, diabolical of enemies, I guess, in a sense, you know, if you look at it mythically or something. I don't know. Hiroyuki, what do you think? Um, well,
2: <laughs> um, I feel like I'm. One, thing, so one thing, you know, the, going back to the, uh, uh, the basic. Uh, about capitalism, I think people seem to uh, uh, associate capitalism with uh, exploitation. That's that's um, uh, I think people get that. You know, people uh, people understand that um, you're being cheated. You know, somebody's making more money than you you do, and uh, there are tricks. And uh, but the the bulk of um, The trick that separates, that makes it superior, more superior than slavery or colonialism is that capitalism can transform our atmosphere. It creates culture. It creates social structure and in which people are forced to operate in. So certain things has uh, certain values, like you were talking about Trump. Uh, if you talk about Trump, you, you will be ashamed. You know, there's a price to uh, that kind of act. And mask wearing, you know, there's a price to that. And the layers and layers and layers of all those things create um, society, creates uh, what's good and what's uh, wrong. And uh, this is the core essence of what we are experiencing and this is the thing being erased you you can't talk about this if you talk about this you're conspiracy theorist so uh, somehow um, we need to be able to say it and this is a structural um, um, thing you know that really that's inhumane you know it's a domestication
0: Yeah, um, um, it's it's uh, yeah, it's really. Corey and I were talking before we began recording, before you joined, uh, a little bit about um, um, I don't know the 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 uh, nature of of well, I don't maybe Corey, why don't you? I want to before I'm not gonna I'm gonna (laughs) try to avoid not digressing again. Um, I wanted to talk about the the Great Reset piece that that you had because this touches on on um, on some of what we've already gone over here today. But but the the way in which there is this this image this representation of technological Um, genius or something artificial intelligence and how great it is and people are hugely seduced by this AI is going to solve all your problems and uh, and a little bit about blockchain and and all of this because not you know not everybody has has read this and I think it's useful to to go back and fill that in before I launch into another digression here
1: I don't know. It's sort of like um, industrial livestock where they put the slaughterhouses out in the country and there's no windows and no one can see what's going on in there and no one wants to see. Right. So they go to the grocery store and they buy they buy their meat and it's like, you know, full of cruelty and pumped with hormones and antibiotics. But It's sold as, you know, it looks, it looks, I mean, I guess it looks fresh and good or whatever, but you don't see um, what's behind it. And that's what the fourth industrial revolution is in a way it's people perceive it, right? Even the names, the cloud, right? Even Amazon, all these things. It's like the suburban houses, how they're all named after all these subdivisions are named after what they destroy, right? Um, Right. Birchwoods or whatever, fox trails, right? All the stuff we killed to make this—that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. And so, that, the whole idea of this um, clean digital world going forward—in actuality, it's just going to make aviation look like nothing. It's—it's it's highly um, destructive, highly polluting, um, massive greenhouse gas emissions, right from these hyper from these data centers. Um, so it's, but you don't see it, right. It's it's so we don't have to confront it. We'll just pretend it's green. Um, you know, carbon capture, storage, nuclear, these are all things in the white papers, Amazon, Google, um, Microsoft, these, this is what's going to run, um, data centers in the future. Um, you know, all the renewable energy being created, it's not clean, but even if it was we're creating energy for a data centers it's it's they're buying it all up right um mm. so yeah it's hard it's hard to I mean I, yeah I write about this but it's you can't see it right
0: right right right
1: it's it's yeah. made invisible so you can tell a story and if the story is good and people like it that's you know people love stories it's part part of um and then I know, sir, sort of like you bouncing around a little bit. I just had a notification.
0: It's, it's impossible not to. It's impossible <laughs> not to. Because, yeah, like, all, yeah every, everything is connected to everything else and, and there are these overlapping branches and arteries of, of
1: yeah, and so the Great Reset, like going back, yes, I was just going back, yes, last night on um, doing research, going back to 2000, you know, 2010, 2012, to going through basically um, the history, of the World Economic Forum, and going back to when they start talking about um, a required reset, there's a lot of talk about um, the, and they use the term the hollowing out of the middle class right? Hollowing out of the middle class coming from automation, right? And this goes back, this starts, I don't know, 2016, 2017. This is not, again, like these things don't happen overnight. There's massive planning involved in this. And they have, you know, thousands, they have foundations, they've literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of NGOs, think tanks to carry out their work right there's no um, limitation to there i mean it's unlimited the money spent on all of this to secure protect and and expand their system right right um i know i'm going all over the place here i want
0: to you know what but this is but what we talked about right before coming on here was this this feeling and i talked about it last time and and this angst this feeling of Dread or ennui or whatever it is that that I think a lot of us are experiencing, and it's connected to to the tiny losses that happen every day that by themselves are not noticeable, but that accrue and have now reached threshold, experiential threshold where you do feel them in their totality that something is missing, and. Um, and that's kind of related to how so much is taking place that we don't see—that's unseeable, in a sense, right? And and um, uh, I, I'm reminded that that the turn of the like from the 19th to the 20th century was this age of psychoanalysis and optical discoveries and. Um, it was also the birth of the detective novel. And I've said this before. I've probably said it on, on more than one podcast even. But it was suddenly that there was an unseen world as influencing people. Um, so the detective was looking for clues that were not visible with the naked eye necessarily. Sometimes it was reason. Sometimes it was his magnifying glass, whatever it was. And so now we have a, a kind of 21st century um, version of that taking place on some level um but it's but it's all very accelerated and and um and and happening at a at a pace that makes it very difficult to to uh to keep track of for oneself i think anyway well
1: and people don't want to see it (laughs) so right that's a big part of it and they know that they understand that and again, exploit that. They know people don't want to see it. They don't want to confront it. Um, people that have, you know, that benefit um, greatly from the system.
0: Mm. No, people don't. And, and I have a feeling that if, if you took um, entertainment, um, whether it was Hollywood or wherever you found it, and music videos and 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 television and film and you took the stuff that has been produced manufactured over the last two years and compared it to stuff from 20 years ago and compared that in turn to stuff from i don't know 50 years ago you would see dramatic changes in um in in this this kind of generalized autism that was or's term but a kind of loss of affect there's a deadness even to entertainment today um and i think that's part of what fuels uh the popularity of, of certain kinds of sci-fi where everybody's in a mask and you can't see faces the mandalorian is an enormous hit right it's a re- reboot of some star trek thing i lasted 20 minutes and it's just execrable and unwatchable but but the lead character who's in every scene has a helmet on and you can't see his face.
1: Mm, I've never heard of that show.
0: Um, he's like a, 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 a Star Trek or- Star Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars. bounty yeah. hunter, right?
2: Right, right.
0: But he never takes off his mask. I mean, I find this fascinating. You mm. know? Your protagonist is-
1: facing- Well, actually, I wanted to ask- um, Sorry, I hope I didn't interrupt you. I wanted to ask Hiroyuki. I just saw on my screen because we're going into, in Ontario, we're going into um, gray, what's it called? Gray zone on Monday. So it's like super lockdown. It's the highest level. And I just saw a message that London, England just went down into um, like um, emergency lockdown. So I'm assuming this is happening everywhere that this is taking place. And I see this as a huge experiment over the holiday. I mean, the World Economic Forum said months ago that this is the biggest experiment ever um, undertaken on the global population. That's right on their website. And they know, um, they know, right, that this is causing massive upheaval, massive mental um, anguish, um, physical harm to women, children you know mental harm so this over the Christmas holiday this is the first Christmas (coughs) they'll be studying this right looking at this to see what the what the fallout is right Mm -hmm. um so I just wondered what was happening where Hiroyuki is on that level
2: I I mean, my area, um, like anybody else, uh, I really feel isolated. Uh, I rely on um, information through uh, online. I, I talk to co- people in the community a little bit, but uh, um, opinions are uh, varied to a certain extent, but uh, people do accept uh, the basic premise of what's going on. And... Um, um, So, I would think that uh, if something uh, nefarious is (laughs) coming, uh, people are pretty defenseless. Um, People are taking it. Um, People welcome in uh, vaccine. People welcome in uh, lockdown in many forms. Um, um, But there are people who are. Saying things, um, I think I, um, I I came across something. Uh, uh, parents are getting together to oppose some uh, uh, form of school doing lockdown in certain ways. Um, and uh, I, um, when I talk to people I know around, um, uh, have small chat. Um, some of them do express uh uh anger frustration and uh, questions uh certain things and i would throw <laughs> you know uh some of the aspects of uh, virus some of the aspects of uh, vaccine and uh, they do seem to understand and uh, so it's um, um people some people do understand but it's a lot of it is structural um, you just can't oppose it like you know you can't go to sc- uh, go to work um, if you have certain attitude you know if you don't wear a mask you can't uh, buy stuff um, so
1: girl oh, Yuki um for example next week so starting Monday there's no more than five people allowed in a home so that means Christmas for example I can't I'd have to pick and choose out of my children is <laughs> allowed to come and visit me and he can't right um so what do i do pack a, a picnic lunch and go meet them at costco because i mean it's okay <laughs> right it's okay i guess to be there but not in your home with your uh, with your children
2: so we, we had a over uh thanksgiving break uh, we're told that you can not uh, have a gathering of more than 10 people okay. and uh, people uh, uh <sighs> people followed I think um, yeah it's uh, but five people that's like um, I mean I mean you, you know that that's that's pretty extreme um, it's really provoking uh, <laughs> the people. Well, it's,
0: you know that means <laughs> it's not an accident that this is two weeks before now a week before Christmas no
1: no you know,
0: and and this is that's the experiment can we kill Christmas you know um And this is the biggest retail week of the year so uh, you know there's a lot of interesting elements in this but i think that that uh i think the there, there are two tiers to the to the experiment in a sense i mean there's one will people gather in groups of of more than five and i think there's a lot of people that will there's a there's a lot of people that will um and the second one is regardless of whether you are a covid truther or a covid denialist whichever camp you're in the experiment is also to to track how much this has affected you what is the cost what's the the emotional um psychological cost from resisting and from from complying because there's a cost to both of them right and and I think that's what what people are going to pay attention to, because I mean, the one thing that has failed in this in this government narrative is they keep yammering away about, you know, this deadly virus and they keep counting and all these numbers. There's new cases, cases, cases. They don't talk about the sick and they rarely talk about the dead and whatever. Um, But it's all the fear mongering is acute and and you know, as somebody said, um, but people are dying. And I said, but, you know, yes, people always die. And and the question is how many and how many from this kind of phantom virus that nobody seems to be able to define very well. But the, the thing that has failed in the propaganda is there aren't enough dead bodies, you know, they need... 10 dead bodies down main street um rotting in the sun for people to really become afraid i think and they they haven't there there are no you know then it's the walking dead then it's the bubonic plague um and then uh the, this this certain sort of sense of reality will set in but it's but but i you know i don't know if that's an intentional too because maybe this is you know, this is uh, an, another way to to reinforce the unseen. You know, it's it's at hospital wards that are overrun, and people are you know, which hospital, where? Because I'd like to see it, because I can never find these overrun hospitals. Uh, I don't know, but I but I know that that the the narrative unravels a bit because there just aren't enough fatalities. And and they can't seem to to manufacture um, a number high enough to to frighten people in the way that I suspect they want to. I but I don't know. See, and I start sounding like an absolute tinfoil conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, I hear myself. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but they're the clearly, thing, yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly, clearly. <laughs> 50 million jobs lost, 62% of small businesses going bankrupt is not based on a medical reality. That I can say for sure, right? right.
2: This,
0: this pandemic did is not does not justify those economic actions, those authoritarian, anti-democratic, you know, non-debated actions. That has that has nothing to do with with um with medicine. That I'm sure of. Beyond that, I don't think I'm sure of anything, frankly. But I have my suspicions, anyway.
1: Well, and they're predicting. Um, I mean, they have since the since it started, actually, in early spring. They've been saying the whole time, um, expect famines from COVID throughout the global south. I, I forget how many millions of additional deaths they um, foresee. Due to covid but it's actually not due to covid it's due to the lockdowns right, cool. and the draconian measures so you know again like always why don't why don't those deaths matter right. you know that's why omali calls this the white man's virus because it's oh it's um a virus that can affect white people so now it matters right. you know um the other the other deaths apparently don't matter
0: um well, well, yeah. I just did. I was just on press TV um, two days ago talking about Yemen because there was a new report um, came out about the humanitarian catastrophe in Yemen, which of course the U.S. trained the Saudi pilots, helped them with targeting, armed the entire Saudi military for this genocidal assault on the poorest country in the Arab world and now the numbers of children I mean one bombing raid killed 20 children Yemeni children um, and and the the complete numbers are actually not known at this point but it's something like yeah, I don't know what percentage and an obscenely high percentage of the country is food insecure there's cholera outbreaks all the time all the diseases of insanitation whether it's dysentery or dengue or whatever it is, are rife everywhere. And, um, and yet, you know, this causes barely a ripple in people. Um, yeah. And, and their country, the UK and the US um, are directly responsible for this and for supporting a, a, a barbaric Absolute lunatic monarch because he sits on a lot of oil, you know. Well, and it's not just that, of course, um, he plays a, a structural role, too. And um, my conclusion that day was, you know, uh, Netanyahu visited bin Salman with Mike Pompeo. They all had a visit in some coastal city in Saudi Arabia to sign an agreement, along with the defense minister of the Emirates. Uh, and I said, what has become clear is that these monarchies, um, and the Israeli state, and by extension the United States government, the UK government, NATO, the EU, these are the enemies of the you know the common Arab, the Arab working class. They are the enemy, every bit as much as you know anybody you can think of historically. I mean, those monarchies are. Um, are absolute enemies and and are bent on you know the annihilation of of their of their populations essentially, uh, and and we're starting to see that now. I mean, Yemen is a is a perfect case. There's absolutely no medical uh, uh, medical. There's absolutely no military reason to bomb Yemen. Right? None. Zero. And there's nothing to bomb anymore anyway, but they keep bombing it. They bombed schools, they bombed hospitals, they bombed water purification plants. They bombed everything, all the entire infrastructure. And now they're bombing it a second time because they've run out of anything else to bomb. It's no fun bombing the sand, I guess. Um, and yet, again, this is, this is mostly invisible to Western consciousness that is more concerned with, I don't know, how cute Kamala Harris was in her debate with, Mike Pence, non-debate. I mean the whole thing is just just kabuki. It's just so bizarre and sickening at this point. I don't know. It's it um, is
2: sickening. But I um, think
0: that you're right. This is this, this Christmas is gonna be a gonna be very interesting. Um,
1: um, yeah. another thing happening too, um, John and Hiroyuki, while well, everyone's hysterical over um, the the virus is, um, what's his name, Gordon Brown and Larry Summers are leading um, this, you know, quote-unquote debt relief for 40 countries that have been, you know, further propelled into um, crisis, financial crisis by the COVID. Again, not not accidental, like as the whole economy contracts, right, a Mm -hmm. massive corporate coup. So they're talking now about Um, debt relief for 40, 40 countries in the global South. Um, Probably, I I don't know them off by hand, but I think they're mostly in Africa and they will be, you know, they're talking about debt for climate, debt for sustainability swaps tied into the SDGs, which are the emerging markets. Um, This'll be a way, another coup of the commons, right? Um, More ways to seize Land and resources. Um, so yeah, just another another thing happening, right? That no one's even seeing or paying attention to.
0: Well, I mean, the the um, that that transference of wealth that began, I suppose, really under Reagan, but accelerated acutely um, in the eighties and 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 then under Obama. Uh, the the is almost complete i mean a very few people own most of the world and uh and now they're now they're kind of you know tidying up their um their house the planet uh, by getting rid of unwanted people i mean that's what it feels like so um you know it's it's hard to uh to articulate a lot of this without sounding you know barking mad but we do know that uh that something is going to have to, you can't lose 62% of jobs in America. You can't have 50 million people out of work. That's a conservative estimate The the unbelievable numbers of homeless and, and families that you know are, are living on the street in tents or under freeway overpasses, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. And they do their best. The media does its best to, to limit visibility Um, of these things but at some point um, that's impossible because it's because it's virtually on every single street in cities like Los Angeles and um, can I
1: read um, can I read two things out of a World Economic Forum Report book Um, it's like 400 pages and then maybe Hiroyuki can comment on them how's that sound (laughs) yeah Okay, let me read them. They're just short. So this is 2017 from the, from the book. Um, we are at a point where it is possible that technological development can accelerate and increase digital refugees. And then um, within the same paragraph, it goes on to say, each country will have to set out its action plan to prepare for the wrenching transformations of the fourth industrial revolution. Right. So, so much of this is tied into the loss of jobs and throwing people into dire poverty.
0: Right.
2: Mm.
0: Well, I mean, the, they've had various experiments emergency plan experiments you saw it with the boston marathon you know can we shut down a whole city will people go along with it you saw it certainly after hurricane katrina um and and they rounded people up shot many of them uh sent them off to fema camps in other states stole their property wholesale just just absolute naked theft um you've seen what the us has done to haiti uh and and so they have some idea, the government has some idea what to do with this, This what they see as a disposable population, certainly. Um, I don't think it's a stretch at all to imagine people sent to FEMA camps that will be called something else, of course, right? Transitional housing development. Um <laughs> And that, but they'll be it will be people in in refugee camps within their own country, essentially, and they will be fed some kind of soil and green thing, God only knows the same shit people get in prison. Um, remember, the prison population is 2 million now and growing so uh, they they know what to do. The only growth industry left is prison construction and and. Um, these are these are, are um, these are the things they talk about with each other. You know,
1: these are the things they're doing. I mean, that one of the biggest refugee camps um, in Jordan—they're calling that now a permanent city, a smart city—and they're smart city. right. <laughs> and they—they've already—they um, use Iris Guard for payments. They're already um, testing all these things it's called um what's it called building blocks it's the world health organization partnered with um i think mastercard gates um yeah it's already happening and been happening
0: right,
1: right? we just again like no one's paying attention we're not hearing about it it's not covered very much Okay. Oh, yeah yeah so smart smart refugee cities type thing for the future perhaps <laughs> all packaged as you know caring you know equitable right that you know yeah. people care about you they care about your health oh god
0: well, it's yeah it's frightening it, um well i mean actually molly and i were talking the other day about um because one of the one of the recurring themes that pops up is the cashless society right and that was uh, trotted out um as part of the COVID policy too that oh money is dirty well but not in the way you think it is um so we'll have a cashless society people will be issued um a kind of temporary or expiring food stamp um you know, or or household item stamp chit that they can turn in at an approved site for a very limited um, selection of of products. That's that's what's coming. I don't think that's unlikely in the least. Actually, yeah, because
1: that's um, th- that's full force coercion. Okay, so oh, you need your whatever your assistance check. Oh, well, you know, I'm really sorry, but we can't give that to you unless you have your digital ID or your digital wallet. And by the way, did you know that that contract, that smart contract includes you You need to be updated with your vaccination? Oh, you right. don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. That's your choice. But unfortunately, there's nothing we can do if you don't have it. You won't we can't give you your check to feed your children. Right. That type of thing.
0: Right. Well, you know, if they started that the the, the the precursor to that the the early version of that was that you had to have a smartphone right landlines were being done away with so that if you went online to register for anything to buy a book to to have a a, some t-shirts mailed to you whatever it was you'd fill it out first name last name address telephone number you weren't allowed to say i don't have a telephone that would that was the end of it you were stopped right there you have to have a telephone you can't get a bank account without a telephone why i don't know but you can't um so th- they were that was that was introduced 25 years ago and and um and it was coercive then i mean you can't do anything you can't function in western society without certain things um, mm-hmm. without a phone and then without a bank account and then without a you can't rent an apartment without a history a credit history um so you're not allowed to go disappear or or um exist in a, you know an alternate uh, homestead or space or something you are not allowed because when you try to return you will be not, you will be stopped you will not be allowed to return anyway did you have a second thing to read to read oh no yeah. that
1: was i read, them, was both. Yeah, oh, I read was, them both yeah i read them both
0: that was so fun. I like being read, too. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll find something
0: next time. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have a certain dread about this Christmas, I must say. You know, it, it just, there's so much, because I look at my kids who are really young and they love Christmas, and so far it's been fun for them. But there's still a ton of things that even two years ago um, would happen. There's a Christmas market in Trondheim. Well, not this year. You know um there's a there's a reduced one but you have to wear a mask and uh none of the families are getting together they're staying uh, by themselves um at home so there's no social interaction they'll get to see their grandparents but that's about it and uh and i think this is the this is the first uh covid christmas and there's more to come at, at you know the next smart camp that we're all assigned to. Uh, and I feel fortunate because I'm in Norway and and there's nothing but space here, thankfully. Um, it's one of the most sparsely populated countries in Europe. Um, and in fact, only 2% of land is cultivated in Norway. Same in Sweden, actually, uh, which is pretty remarkable when you compare it to the US and stuff. Anyway, um, I don't know what are you doing for Christmas here Yuki? Hey,
2: well we usually uh do gathering at um uh my wife's uh, uh mother's place and uh, but we uh, obviously we 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 will have a hard time uh doing any of the uh, uh traditional things because yeah. of the situation and um uh yeah so I don't I don't really know I'm I'm um uh, uh, yeah, it's a really, uh, um, it makes me think, you know, like, like uh, there's one thing that this thing is exacerbating what's been uh, going on. But at the same time, it looks like uh, you guys are right that this is uh, an experiment. And uh, um, it is a good opportunity to gauge how big the cage should be and what kind of shape should it be. And we're giving out information, uh, clues, how to be domesticated. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a, you know, we will we scream and shout, we will talk about it, but if we don't have the cohesive view of the whole thing, we will be part of the experiment. We're giving out uh, crucial information. For the uh, establishment to determine uh, the kind of prisons we're gonna be in.
0: Well, it's pretty breathtaking that this happened so fast. We talked about that last time, and and um, and I've had this 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 sort of shadow following me around because I kept thinking this is just never going to ever return to anything remotely normal, and all of the things I still wanted to do and people to see and move about and meet with and have theater do other is never going to happen now. Now it's almost becoming uh rote survival, you know, to stave off madness. Uh, what did Arto say, slavery or madness? Um, so, so we shall see. Corey, you, what are you gonna, where are you gonna be at Christmas?
1: Um, I'll do whatever I like. <laughs> uh, we just have dinner. We don't do anything else. We just have dinner and get together. Yeah. But I mean, they'll be watching, right? Most years, I think people, that's one day people will turn off their computers and they will put their phones away and they spend it with their families. And they'll be watching how many people that day, instead of doing that, um, are willing to embrace, you know, the digital world, the virtual world. Um, and you know, and just, you know, again, they're watching us like lab rats. They study every move, every move. They're, yeah. you know, you can, you can see all these reports. McKinsey comes out constantly with, um, you know, how things are moving, how things are moving and they're stunned at their success. I mean, what they've, what they've wanted over years is happening in months, even in weeks.
0: With very little, um, without, with very little difficulty happening in months instead of years uh, with little difficulty. Uh, we'll see what happens if these protests grow. Um, I, you know, there's clearly a lot of people that have reached a point of nothing to lose, um, and there is desperation everywhere, so.
1: And that's actually a big part of this as well. They recognize that when people have nothing to lose, they will revolt, that they can be, that is funny, you know, like you said before, John, um, here, Liki, I, I you know this. We, you've said before, we've talked about this, I think, in co- communications online how people can foresee the end of the planet before they can foresee the end of capitalism, right? The end of this system destroying us. They, they can't imagine it. But the funny thing is, the irony is, the ruling class can imagine it and they're terrified of it, right? So, whereas we can't see it, they certainly see it. And they are very afraid. And where we see um, many people feel we have no power, they fear our power, right? So a lot of this, again, storytelling, trying to get another, we need a new, you know, that word, a new social contract. It's storytelling. They want, they need our social license to continue to operate, to continue to plunder, to continue to contract the economy, um, to, you know, further their control right? Create this huge um, global digital prison. Um, And, you know, over Christmas, I, you know, that there's going to be right now in um, Canada, the opioid crisis is going through the roof, right? Overdoses, deaths, right? How about those deaths? How about the, there's so much talk. um, I, I mean, from the people that work in mental health, this is a mental health crisis. Right, yeah. children are suffering. Um, people are the suicides over the coming week will be unprecedented.
0: Oh, they yeah, will. I would imagine
1: we can expect that. They know yeah. they expect it. They don't. They don't care. They want to study it.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean the other aspect to that because that's really a good observation, and and and. I mean, I read something the other day, even in Norway, the suicide rate has spiked and things are not so dire here again, you know, although it's still soul draining the whole experience. But these smart cities, this idea of this sort of technological future, which many critics, I've said this before, but many critics of of blockchains and, and, and the fourth industrial revolution and so forth, while critical still believe in um the the infallibility of this technology and that's something that needs to be addressed at a certain point computers and ai are extraordinarily good at at rapid computational you know processing that's what they do they're not conscious they don't do anything else that's like sci-fi or 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 uh, futuristic in that sense. Um, and, and it's important to understand that things like facial recognition still don't work um, and are racially biased on top of it. But uh, so much of the technology doesn't work. And the further you get f- into the periphery, um, the more damaged and incomplete and um, fallible is this technology it works great you know it at, in the showroom and it works great at apple headquarters or wherever it is or elon musk's office and showroom everything looks great and works great and military employs a lot of it and even some of that works pretty good some doesn't but by the time it's it's used further and further away from from the metropole as it were uh, the less and less effective and efficient that technology is. It's not infallible. It's not transforming life. I mean, the internet has transformed life in some ways profoundly, um, but I'm still of the opinion in other ways it hasn't and that often too much is made um, of, of the transformational aspects of that technology. That's why I think Guy DeVore is still so absolutely relevant. Um, because, but I, because I think he understood that from a, from, a, from a very clear kind of Marxist perspective. And, and it, that's important to remember somehow, I think, although I'm not sure I could articulate why I think it's important. I,
2: anyway. I think that, you, you know what, that, yeah. I think that's sort of related to the fact that people are so subservient to the idea of the system uh, somehow working. You know, like uh, anomalies here and there, but the basic structure is working for them. And that subserviency um, is manifesting in uh, uh, opiate crisis as well, I think. People buy into the system, the idea of things are working, but they are not. They don't fit in.
0: That's a great point, man. They
2: have to destroy themselves instead of the system.
1: Exactly. Yeah, like Hiroyuki, the cage analogy. Okay, do they have to put us into the cage or can they make us walk into the cage on our own and we will shut the door behind us when we're in the cage?
0: Well, just everyday world like it was a cage. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, and nobody ever, I mean, I remember when soldiers returned from Vietnam addicted to heroin. And and everybody was talking about we have to disrupt the supply chain from uh, you know the uh, golden triangle to New York blah blah on blah, the French Connection. Nobody asked why every so many soldiers were in pain. Right. Nobody ever asked that. Um, and and they're still not asking that question of, about any of this um, domestic abuse, ODs psychological malfunctioning depression um crippling depression uh which is has spiked also across the u.s uh, it's going to be an interesting um it's gonna be an interesting holidays okay guys um i'm gonna let you uh you know run off and finish your holiday shopping <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, let's do one after, um, after Christmas. I'm on a Christmas report from everybody. That'll be interesting. Uh, and um, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be, yeah. I think that Corey is, is quite right. This is, this is the Christmas experiment and um, it's going to be fascinating to track it. So anything else, final thoughts?
1: I just wanted to say that it is possible to live without a smartphone.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I don't,
1: I don't have one. I never have. I never will. And you can yeah, do it. And it's, I,
0: I hate my smartphone. <laughs> but I'll tell you something because my wife always laughs about this. Okay. The only calls I get on my smartphone are from her. <laughs> Literally. You know, there's like six pages, 600 calls, and not, I think. Somebody at the chess club called me once or something. Um, and and I don't call anybody. I occasionally, I mean, one or two calls in a year. I simply have it as identification. I don't even know yeah. how to use my phone. I take pictures with it, but that's it. Yeah, I get it.
1: I get
2: it.
0: I don't it. like it. And, and it, it creeps me out. Um, and it's I, just like,
1: uh, it just feels like enslavement, all this stuff. I mean, absolutely. it's just, right?
0: And it's scary it's my computer yeah how quickly children um um can use it master the skills of smartphone and touch screen and stuff terrifying terrifying to me you know i don't want them anywhere near it but uh, that's impossible so
1: well all the best to both of you
0: and thanks for having
1: me thanks john
0: thank you goodbye to both thank you you. guys we'll talk soon Hey, bye, Haruki. Bye, John.
2: Bye, bye, Corey.
0: Bye.